Hello there, and welcome to the DSM Culture Cast, where we interview leaders and creators in Greater Des Moines arts, culture, food, and philanthropy scenes. I'm Luke Mannerfeld with DSM Magazine. Today I'm chatting with Bonnie Finken, a local musician who started performing with cover bands around central Iowa, but she has since gone on her own, producing original music and making a name for herself along the way. She recently signed with Winding Way Records out of Pennsylvania. We chat about her music memories, how she got her big break, her creative process, and more. If you missed our last episode, we chatted with local author Jim Autry about his writing beginnings and new book. As always, if you want to listen to more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms. We are wherever you get your audio. Also, be sure to check out more great content at dsmmagazine.com or on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, enjoy our conversation with Bonnie. I'm back here with Bonnie. Bonnie, thank you so much for joining us. How have you been? Yeah, it's been, I'm, I'm well, thank you. And um, yeah, I, I'm healthy. My family's healthy, so that's all good. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's been odd. Yeah, <laughs> just like everybody yeah. else. Basically, yeah, my entire year that I thought I had planned, um, yeah, none of it happened. <laughs> yeah, everything's <laughs> so just been put on hold. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But you know what? I'm actually in very good spirits about it. I understand that it could be a lot, you know, that it could be a lot worse for me or my family right now than it is. Um, so yeah, everything's good, I would say. Yeah, and I, you, uh, obviously a lot of exciting things happening for you too. And we'll get into that later in the show. But first I wanna kind of introduce the audience to you, to Bonnie. So can you tell, take me through your background, where you grew up, how did you get into to music, that kind of thing? Just give us kind of the lowdown. Oh man, well, it's a, um, let me see here. I'll try to get like the Reader's Digest version. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I sang my whole life. Um, I started writing um, when I was a teenager. Um, and I started off singing in a hip hop group. I was kind of like the Fergie of the Black Eyed Peas. So I sang the chorus. And that was when I first started writing. Um, and then from there joined cover bands. Um, oh man, I, mean, I was in tons of different cover bands, like disco, rock, R&B, pop, blues. Um, but so there's kind of like two different rails for a while where one rail was teaching me how to perform and how to sing. Um, and I learned lots of different styles because I was covering all different genres. But then on the other side, I was able to exercise writing um, in the hip hop group. And um, yeah, about 10 years ago-ish um, is when I decided to merge them. Um, you know, I felt like uh, I actually did kind of have a, I don't know if you would say a vote of confidence or just something that made me feel like, okay, maybe I could do this on a different level when I was singing for some cover bands and I actually got scouted for a um, television show um, similar to American Idol. Um, it was called Rockstar Supernova. Nova. Um, anyways, it was timed right when I had written a bunch of songs but didn't know if I was good enough to kind of try to do it professionally. I just did it because I love to do it. Um, but, you know, that was timed. The producers contacting me um, was timed pretty perfectly with when I needed that kind of vote of confidence that like, hey, you, you might be good enough to do this. So I ended up not going on the television show um, because the contract would have restricted me being able to be creative. Um, and so instead, I made my first album, <laughs> awesome. um, which, yeah, which was still on display. So that was, um, yeah, like literally, I want to say almost exactly 10 years ago. 
And from there, um, lots of stuff has happened <laughs> in the last 10 years to lead me to, yeah, I just released, I want to say my fourth album in 2019. And now I'm working on just continually working on new music. And I thought I'd be performing way more than I was obviously this year. But um, luckily, since I couldn't perform, I've been able to kind of shift onto the, that's okay. I'll just write and and produce and put new music out. So that's basically what I've been working on now because of COVID. So Awesome. A couple questions for you from that. Did you grow up in Des Moines or uh, where, where did you grow up in Iowa? Yeah, I was born and raised in Knoxville, Iowa, actually. Okay. Um, so not far from Des Moines, but as an adult, I've been here in Des Moines. Um, I spent... You know, I spent the last, um, I want to say, I just got back at the beginning of this year um, with intentions of touring this year. Uh, I just got back in January and then things shut down in March. So it was, so that I've just stayed here in Iowa. But up until January, I actually spent two and a half years, I want to say, maybe three years in um, Tennessee, right outside Nashville, um, just kind of uh, planting some seeds and cultivating and kind of embracing some relationships I had there. Um, but my family is back here. So um, I came back in January with the purpose of thinking I'd be out and about performing and this would just be my hub. Um, but I'm still here. <laughs> and, and what was your favorite um, genre to, to play when you're in cover bands? I'm interested. Yeah, you know, um, two. I, I mean, rock music is my um, where my heart is. And I love because I love the just unabashed emotion of rock um, and that you're able to express it physically because you can kind of rock out. Like that's where that came out um, to me. So rock is definitely my very favorite. And that's probably why I turned into a rock writer and rock performer. Um, but second, a very close second is actually disco. I know I never would have set, thought that I enjoyed it, but it was really fun. And there were some really um, vocal <laughs> training that happened during that that I didn't really expect and then obviously i really love the outfits actually it was really fun we did like the whole cat suits and um you know dress the part we we're we we're that kind of a cover band and that was fun so yeah so i would say rock and disco <laughs> what was it like for you when you released that first album with original music because there's there's that jump when you're, you're doing covers cover songs you're in a cover band and then doing original music that's a that's a it's a tough jump to make both you know personally and professionally what was it like for you when you made that jump and you saw your your records being sold on the shelf? It must have been just this awesome moment. Yeah, it it was. It was a yes is the answer that it felt. That's what um, you know. Sometimes it's tempting, especially now, um, and especially honestly being here in Des Moines, where cover bands and tribute bands are actually making more money than original artists by by tenfold. So it's it's hard to keep your brain separated from that, especially when you love performing. Or performing you get to still do in a cover band and you make 10 times the money. <laughs> um, but I I loved not, not so much seeing my music on the shelf um, because especially when I first kind of bridged in, it was really bizarre because I did have a moment in time, I wanna say a year where my music was physical like that. Like I could go into a store and see it we could, you know, especially on a local level, you could walk into a coffee shop and then have my records on the counter. But it was right when streaming happened. So you did you didn't get that, you don't get that immediate um like reward. I don't know. That's what sucked about streaming is 
there isn't that gratification that I think there would have been had you seen it on a shelf in a store. Um, but I will always and forever love it because there's just a different level of satisfaction that comes performing your own music. Like there is just something that, so that, that made the leap easier for me because um, I love to perform. I love to sing, whether it's covers or not, anything, I love it. Um, but there's just that deeper level. There's just a, there's a connection that happens, even if it's just 30 people in the audience, <laughs> there's a connection that can never be the same unless you wrote that music you're singing. And so that, that really helped me make the transition from cover band singer to original artist. Um, it's almost like an addiction. It's like a adrenaline or a drug that happens um, that again, I never felt, even when I just killed it in a cover band and sang whatever song the audience loved, the best I could sing it and they just loved it. There's nothing the same as when somebody loves a lyric that you wrote and they come in to tell you that or you can hear them singing it back to you. So anyway, so that that's what made it easier for me to transition when, when I felt that connection to the audience on a deeper level because I was the writer and I was the artist and the expressions weren't mimicked they were authentic. So it was, it was, it's awesome. It's still awesome. It's still what I'm addicted to. <laughs> yeah. And especially with music, I mean, obviously writing your own songs is such a personal thing and they always come from a, you know, a personal um, spot in your heart. And that's why I want to ask you about your creative process. We like to dig into, you know, creators creative process. When you sit down to write a song, what, what's your process like? How do you start? Or is it something that you have to do over time or something you can just sit, sit down and crank out? Um, I, I would say both or any, um, and maybe I'm, I don't know, lucky in that way. Um, there is no one process. I can sit down. Like I've been, especially in Nashville, it's very, it's very scheduled. It's very like from two to four on Tuesday, you're going to get together with these two writers and write a song. And I can do that. Um, that's not how I like to do it. Um, I prefer just when there's something on my brain, like I, I do journal, um, and when there's something on my brain that I think is worth talking about or worth fighting about or worth, um, you know, if, if there's ever a conversation I feel the need to have, even if I don't have that, I feel like that's worthy of a song, no matter what the emotion is. And so I, that's kind of my first start is, okay, there was something that happened today um, that I wanted to talk about. Well, that means it's worth writing about. What would you say if you were going to have a conversation with somebody close to you about it and you start you literally just start by streamlining like a conversation um, and then you can kind of look at it and start pulling, um, you know, key words, key phrases, and then you can start playing with those phrases. So usually that's how it starts for me is it's what do I want to say? <laughs> and then that turns into then as you're picking out words, just melodies, it just starts to come. In, it's all in, it's in my brain. I don't really use an instrument like a lot of people strum to get ideas. I don't do that. I just hear it all in my head first, like you would see a painting. <laughs> and then I try to chase that painting down. I try to be like, okay, I, I heard this melody. Is that, is that a melody line with a lyric? Is that a guitar lick? Is that a violin line? Is that, you know, then comes the chase of kind of like a Mad Lib, like what, what are those things in my head going to end up as? And so, and that's the fun part for me. So I don't know. So I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> I know this is like asking a parent to, to pick a favorite child, but maybe could you take us through one of your favorite uh, songs that you've written and how that kind of came to life? 
Yeah. Um, let me see here. So the the first one that just pops into my head um, because um, I've done it twice is Possibly Impossible. Um, it's a song I wrote um, back before I ever made my first album. And um, it was written for a good friend of mine who just kept coming to me for advice and not taking it. That's what the song is about. It's possibly impossible to like get this through to you. Um, but you can't stop trying to help is what the song is about. And it's probably my favorite because when I, when I first wrote it and I had it just kind of all mapped in my brain, it was one of the very first and only maybe songs that how it was mapped in my brain is exactly how it ended up in final production. And it worked <laughs> like there was no like, oh, okay, that, that only works, you know, um, like the chorus worked or, oh no, that intro is too long. Or there's lots of things that are in your brain that don't translate when you hear it back where possibly impossible did. Um, but it's also probably my favorite song because, so I did that long ago, 10 years ago. Um, and then as I learned about production over the last 10 years, I actually redid it because it is a favorite song. I actually redid it about a year ago and just released it, um, as a single because my first album isn't available right now you can't buy it you either bought it 10 years ago or you don't get it because <laughs> um since i learned so much about production when i listened back on that first album i was like oh my gosh this is not good enough to be on itunes <laughs> like it's yeah. the songs might be good enough but the production value wasn't because you know you learn as you go so i had taken all that stuff offline but i actually re-released possibly impossible um and i used the exact same players same um, just same everything, but one of the most awesome things, and this is why it's my favorite, is it I had live and real strings, which was very uncommon, especially about 10 years ago when I did it. Nobody here in town did that. So I actually had hunted down through the musician union um, a cello player. His name's Patrick Riley, and he works for the Des Moines Symphony. And I and he had never been recruited to do any sort of recording or live music other than the symphony. But anyways, it was it's it's still one of the most important relationships I have with any musician. Now he's recorded on name a band in town. He's if they have strings on their album, they're probably using Patrick. And he even just literally like a week ago, he did he arranged all the music for Sean Mendes's recent album and they, he was just on a a special they had on TV where so it's just so awesome to see that this guy in Des Moines who I just hunted down through just wanting live strings came and now he's like up in the <laughs> upper echelons of music you know what I mean like you can't really get any higher than that as far as being an, a, a string player and an arranger um but yet he still comes back and does my music with me because I was one of the first people who um kind of used him for that so that's what so possibly impossible is nostalgic and you know and it's just one of my favorite songs as far as it worked from the get-go. I re-recorded it 10 years later and it still works. It's probably, I think it's my number one string song on like Spotify right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it, it brought some relationships that are so important to me. So even though the audience wouldn't listen to that and know those things, I do. So I love that song for that those reasons, I guess. And sorry, that was probably a really long answer. <laughs> 
I know for lately you've uh, been kind of you've been making some achievements and it's awesome. So just to kind of rattle off some of them, best pop album from the Independent Music Award, Independent Music Awards for Gauntlet, Emmy for the original song you wrote for an Iowa PBS documentary, and you just signed a deal with Winding Winding Way Records. What has this past year or so meant to you? Because those are some huge achievements. Yeah. Um... Yeah, thank you so much. Because, yeah, I don't really think about it that way, but it's good to have the reminder, actually. So thank you, because it's good to see that or hear that back. Because, yeah, it it means keep going is what that means to me. Because it is really easy to think, am I crazy? What am I doing? Like, I work so much and so hard on original music that... I mean, and again, I love my home. I love Des Moines. I love a lot of people here. I have some of the best musical relationships here. But as far as a music scene or industry, <laughs> I, you know, I am literally encouraged to start like a Joan Jett tribute band almost monthly. <laughs> Be, and it's all for monetary reasons. And I've held back and I don't, and I don't, and I don't. And it's easy to start to question yourself, like, am I, am I making this harder than I need to be? And maybe I'm not that good and maybe nobody cares. And yeah, I should just go sing cover songs. Cause then at least I can still sing and make like 10 times the money. <laughs> um, and when things like that happen, that makes it all worthwhile. Not, you know, I mean, there's more to it than that. I'm not doing it for awards or, but it reminds me like, no, oh, okay. No, it did matter. It did help a project. It did. People are listening and, um, keep going. I don't know. <laughs> so, so that's what it means to me. It's like, okay, you're not crazy at least. Well, maybe you are a little bit, but you're not crazy to be, to be doing all you're doing. Like it's not a pipe dream or something where sometimes it can get convoluted, especially when you're sitting in quarantine in Des Moines, Iowa, <laughs> yes. it can start to get confusing. So yeah, the winding way records thing, especially because that just happened a couple months ago and they contacted me from based on a song I would never have probably even put out, but I did it because I was in quarantine, barely getting by. And I wrote it about the year of 2020. <laughs> and so it was like such a meta thing, like, oh my gosh, I did this song about a year, put it out totally independently, totally made the music video myself, like totally homemade. And that is what got the attention of something I've been trying to get for like a decade. <laughs> so it's crazy. But it's anyway, so it's so it makes me like, that's probably why I'm kind of happy and at peace. Like, I don't have like, you know, any sort of big Ferrari or sitting, anything like that sitting outside. But it's a reminder like, no, you got to keep making music. That's awesome. So that's exciting. What's on the horizon for you? So you said you're working on another album? Uh, I am. Yeah, I didn't even mean to be. But yeah, kind of because of quarantine and yeah, just a shift of everything and like, I can't even really plan to perform again right now, even though I'm sure, you know, hopefully by, you know, hopefully it'll come by, I don't know, in summer or fall or I don't know. So I can't even really rehearse because I can't get together with my bandmates. So all there really is to do is write and produce and, but because of being in quarantine and everything is file sharing, you know, I'm, I am able to work with, like I'm working with Patrick this month on a new song because it's like, we're both just sitting in our homes. Let's like work on stuff. So I do. So slowly I've been putting out just a song here and there, like every other month um, to, to now where I got enough songs built up that, yeah, I can, I'm like, well, let's put this together and put an album out. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on right now. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Cause there isn't, you know, it is like, 
I don't have the pressure of needing to perform. Like, you know, where sometimes if you're performing and writing, for at least for me, it gets heavy in my brain and it's hard to separate the two. The writing's a very introverted thing and performing is a very outroverted thing and I'm more introverted. So it takes a certain mind frame to be focused on performance. I don't know, I'm a, I'm a weirdo, but uh, so it, it feels like, a, it feels like um, freedom right now that like there is no pressure to, like my band's not like, hey, why aren't we playing next month? Or what? when's the next rehearsal? Like there's no pressure from that end to where I can just kind of um, relax and write and not, you know, and enjoy it for what it is. There's no pressure and and I'm having a good time <laughs> and hopefully yes. the music will be good. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll find out. So yeah, but anyway, things have yeah. slowed down and it gives you time to kind of yeah. uh, create. So that's great. Well, Bonnie, it's been really great chatting with you. We appreciate your time. Um, we're, we're rooting for you. So it's been great to chat. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's fun talking. And sorry, I know I'm rambling, but it's because I, I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah. This podcast so has been really fun for me because I get to chat with people. So I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, well. no, that's awesome. Uh, just a reminder for our, for our listeners, you can subscribe to our podcast. We're on all of your audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, and more. We'll talk to you next time.